Okay, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. I'm Lauren and welcome to The Afterlight. Leanne the Barefoot Medium is a highly sought after international medium, channel, transformational coach and author who connects people with their past loved ones and spirit guides to share their messages of peace, forgiveness, support, joy and love. Leanne is also a twin flame who provides guidance around attracting, embracing and receiving love through soulmate or twin flame relationships. Leanne also brings together her spiritual gifts, cultural and spiritual practices of the mystic Kogi people with various life experiences and over 20 years of professional knowledge, wisdom and expertise to support her clients to manifest their dreams through her work as a transformational coach. Leanne is joining me today to talk about mediumship, channeling spirit, how to develop your intuition and how to manifest your dreams. Hi Leanne. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. I always get goosebumps when I talk about this stuff. It's so, it's, <laughs> it's just so fun and fascinating. So thank you for taking the time. I know I'm able to uh, learn a lot from you today. Thank you. One way I like to kick off the interview is basically with the simple question, how did your spiritual journey begin? Ah, the big question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as a natural medium, I came into the world with my ability to connect and communicate with spirit. And that's what I refer to them as past loved ones, spirit guides, um, my team in the spirit world. And so I've seen, heard, felt, known that spirit's been around me since I was a child. When I was younger, I blocked that out and lived what I, what I thought was a normal life. But as a, a intuitive empath, I would feel people's emotions that they weren't expressing and be quite sensitive around um, emotions and what other people were feeling. And I just know stuff. And people would, would say to me, how do you know that? I didn't know how I knew, I just knew. Um, went on and kind of did a normal life. I worked in universities for 20 years from, you know, admin to reception through to student counselling and then into senior management and teaching. So my real world background is psychology, criminology and teaching. Mm. And then had a very stressful work environment and kind of got tapped on the shoulder at two o'clock one morning and I knew it would come and it was okay it's time to put your resignation in so I did with no idea what I was going to do next and um, resigned and took myself to a meditation circle to de-stress and as I walked in, the meditation circle was run by a medium and I basically opened back up to wow. my gifts and my abilities in a more conscious way and stepped into doing my work. So I want to find out from you how those gifts 
showed themselves to you. But before that, can we just go back for a second when you were mm -hmm. talking about how you were or are an empath? I think that that terminology might be foreign to some. Mm -hmm. However, I'm sure that's something that many people and many people listening yeah. will actually resonate with. Can you talk a little yeah. bit more about that? Absolutely, because most people who are empaths have an ability to connect with spirit as well. So an empath is someone who can feel what someone else, like uh, someone else in our physical world, is feeling and take that emotion on and express it for them if they're not doing that. So for example, if I'm around someone who might be feeling frustrated, I might shift from being really peaceful into frustration really suddenly if I'm unconscious and not aware that I have the ability to really feel what other people are feeling. Now, empaths also know and have this real sense of, I know when someone is telling me an untruth, when they're being dishonest, I can feel that with every um, fiber of my being. Empaths often also can um, pick up on and express physical sensations in their body. So if someone's got a sore knee, I'm just going intuitively with that. <laughs> um, if someone's got a, a sore knee and I'm around them in that space, I may feel my knee start to hurt really suddenly and not be aware of where that came on. Okay. So a lot of sensitive kids, um, you know, who, who go from being really peaceful and calm might switch to expressing a different emotion because they may be empathic and have that ability. So it's, it's almost a psychic ability. Okay. So, all right. Did you say knee because of my knee? Did you pick that up? That's too, that, okay. That's like, woo. spirit just told me where to go. So Whoa. yeah, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Wow. Yes. More please. That's what I always say. So for yeah. those who are listening now, obviously I can't speak for everyone, but I, I'll have to just speak from my own truth. I struggle with, um, with that sort of thing, being an empath, I guess, because yeah. sometimes I can't even have discussions with people because I take it on too deeply yeah. and it sits in me and I don't really know how to cleanse or protect myself from even having that yeah. in the first place. And what's interesting when you said that is, and it's like these light bulbs are going off in my mind. If someone says to me, I'm sick, like I have a cough, I go, oh, I'm sick too. And I automatically feel sick. And so do you think these are symptoms of what you're talking about? We all have the ability to be empathic in terms of um, you know being compassionate and, and empathize with someone yeah being an empath is at a whole different level it's you know you're literally energetically stepping into their shoes and you're feeling what they're feeling so 
if you think about our normal everyday senses, we've got our sight, our hearing, you know, our smell and our taste and, and all of that, our feel is also an ability or a sense that we work with. And so empaths are highly tuned in to their sense mm. of feel and emotion. So if we do put ourselves in someone else's shoes, we can do that consciously or unconsciously. So we yeah. can control that ability in some way. And I, I don't like to use that word control, but it, it, it is really about being conscious of when you're doing that and when you're not. And so you can observe rather than absorb the energy. Right if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And the word that came to me when you said that was the word boundaries. Yeah. And it's understanding that. And as we, we speak, you know, further about mediumship and channeling, I would assume that boundaries mm -hmm. would have to be something that you would be pretty good at putting up for yourself and potentially with others. So I um, am now. You are now. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So through practice. Yeah. Right. So, okay. Let's go back now to the, um, the opportunity where you were talking about you quit your job, you went into this meditation group, you went in and, you know, everything aligned and, you know, your gifts started to open up again. What did that look like? Did it happen right away or was it sort of a gradual thing that you went, okay, now I'm ready to, to be of service or to be open to that? It was very much a gradual thing because what I had been doing was living in the physical world and working with my logical brain, right? Um, and studying or teaching or, or management requires that logic and that, that analytical brain, whereas the intuition comes from your heart and your feel. So I really had to learn how to jump out of my head and stop overthinking and analyzing and picking things apart and trusting what I was feeling, what I was hearing, what I was knowing or seeing through my intuitive abilities or my connection with spirit. Mm. And so did you start getting signs? Did, you, did synchronicities happen? Did you see spirits? I mean, how did that <laughs> gradually is totally a gift because potentially if it had happened all at one time, it might've been a bit much. Yeah. And so maybe I'll take a step back. When I was a child, I saw, I heard, and I felt spirit around me a lot and so that's you know really where it came in around those boundaries for me I didn't know what that was or I didn't understand it and so I was really quite fearful of what was going on um, because I feel so deeply I would feel spirit up in like they were in my face um, past loved ones or guides or whoever it might have been and as a child, that was quite scary because I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I'd hear them walking up and down the hallway in my house. And I'd often go to my parents and say, there's someone in the house. And they'd be, no, there's not. Go back to bed. There was for me. 
And so that was part of my closing it down because I was fearful of what I was experiencing and I didn't understand it. So my reopening was about becoming more comfortable with what I was seeing, hearing, feeling and understanding what that was. That would have been maybe difficult for your parents to even imagine that that's a possibility. And, and they, you know, they're aware of what I do now, but yeah. they weren't spiritually open. So I came in as this beautiful, sensitive soul who can connect and communicate with spirit, who got put in a family that didn't know any of that or was unconscious to it. And yeah. so that was part of my journey. And looking back, there were many synchronicities along the way and many insights now that I look back and I, I realised how spirit was teaching me through my life experiences and my journey. I bought my first tarot deck at 13 and mm. would, would read that. And that was spirit teaching me, like you said, that, that other language yeah. of, and I almost sometimes explain it to my students, it's like playing charades, but you're doing that through your senses rather than a physical being standing in front of you doing that. So you're, you might get a feel like I did with your knee. <laughs> I get drawn to my knee and then it's like, okay, asking questions about, well, what is that? And having a conversation with that feeling. And is this a physical sensation or is this just uh, a different type of message, a symbolic message? Right. Yeah, that was too cool. That was validation <laughs> for me. I, that, was, that was way too cool. So how does mediumship differ from channeling? The terms are used quite freely. Yeah. So a, a medium in the traditional sense is someone who connects to past over loved ones and brings through evidence and information to confirm that the soul continues after we leave this earth. That's the traditional meaning of a medium. That's our job, that's our role, mm -hmm. is to bring that evidence and fact to go, there's more to this than this physical life. Whereas a channel can connect into, let's use a couple of examples like archangels or angels or spirit guides and be the channel that spirit uses to bring through information and guidance. Right. So we can just use it in different ways. So right. a channel is someone who brings through information. A medium is technically a channel. Yes, but talking to different sources, I suppose. Yeah, correct. So when you communicate with, let's say, a soul that's passed over, um, a person that has passed over, mm -hmm. how exactly do you communicate with them? Do you see them? Do they have imprints in your mind? How does, how does that even work? Do they speak English? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it will vary. So I like to say it's a little bit like 
us in the physical world. If you're a visual person, when you pass over, you might come through with more, more visual information. Whereas if you're a talker or were a talker, you would be bringing that personality part with you and, oh, and you'd hear the information coming in. For me, my strongest sense is my feel. So all mediums will have a stronger sense that they work with and it might come in initially that way and then you get images, sounds, taste, smell, knowing all of it. So it depends. Each reading, each sitting can be different because each of our loved ones who've passed are different. Right. And do they maintain, when you're talking to people, do you find they have the same personality? So mediumship is about bringing through evidence of who they were, yeah. right? So one of the things that gives us information about who they were is personality. Yeah. And so they can bring that information through as part of the evidence. So if someone was a very quiet type of personality, I might have them come through and sit there for a while, not saying much so that I'm aware when I pass that on to someone, I can say, look, I feel like I've got um, dad or, you know, on your dad coming through, he's passed over, but he's sitting back very quietly. Yeah, and just observing and seeing what's happening. Whereas if mum was very talkative, I would have a different experience that I bring through for, for the person having the reading. So do you kind of, I'm trying to figure out a simple way of, yeah. So do you almost have a code and you say to the universe, okay, if the person coming through is quiet, they're going to sit down. If a person coming through is really loud, they're going to stand really close to me, like I can't get enough space. If they're older, they're going to sit higher. Like, do you kind of almost have a, a chart? And then when mediums <laughs> or when people come in, they have to go, okay, I need to act this way. Is that, does that make sense? How it does that? because um, many mediums do. And there are some things that I do have um, a way that spirit brings that information through. So, for example, if I'm bringing through some the relationship that they are, so if it's mum, dad, grandfather, grandmother, um, sibling, whatever that might be, I use my body as a timeline. So a baby might come through and I will feel the energy at my ankle and it will be on the right side or the left side for a male or a female. And so a parent for me would come through at the shoulder level. So I would feel, you know, um, the energy hit my right shoulder if I'm dealing with dad who's passed. Wow. If they're showing me that the relationship was close, then they might stand in really close or they might stand right back. And so I'll see them and, and say to the person, I feel like I have dad, but he's standing right back. 
So he's saying there was either a physical distance or an emotional distance there. Would that be true? So yes, I have some things that come through as a symbolic or, you know, code, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. Um, other things like um, birthdays or anniversaries, I might visually see a calendar in front of me that flips to the month that I need to go to and then I'll see which date. That is so cool. So every, yeah, it's, it is like another language. Yeah. So when you see spirit, do they take on the human form? Do they have characteristics? Do they look as real as me or are they shaded out or how does that look show up for you? Some people see them in different ways. For me, if I see a spirit person, I will get an impression through my third eye. So it's almost like when you close your eyes and open them very quickly, I will see an image within that, that third eye. And I will then have this knowing that they were tall or short or what type of build they have, or I might see a silhouette. It's almost like when you see um, a bitumen road with the heat coming off, the energy yeah. that you see coming off. It's almost like that for me. Okay. And is it sometimes stronger and sometimes weaker? Yeah. yeah. So when people pass over, I, it's funny because, you, you know, I've spent a lot of time on YouTube. That's all I'm going to say. But do you find that the spirit stays the same age of when they pass or do they change to be, you know, maybe their most ideal version of themselves or is there a difference? Um, it depends. So I'm, when you ask that question, I'm thinking of one of mine that's passed who will sometimes show himself as a younger age when he was healthier and happier because it were, he, he had a lot of challenges in life and was a suicide. So yeah. he doesn't necessarily want to come through and show that part of his life. Right. So he'll go back to a happier time. Um, but most of them come through as they were. Yeah, it, like, it just depends be... again on personality. If you don't like aging, then you're not <laughs> going to come through looking really old. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. What are some of the stories, or can you share maybe one or two of you know readings that you've done for people? And I don't know. I just love hearing the stories. It just yeah. It's really magical. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. Let me see which ones they want to bring through. Um, so I guess, um, okay. <laughs> I have a, a really good girlfriend who um, years ago, I hadn't seen her for about a month and all of a sudden felt the need to talk to her and communicate. So I reached out and didn't know that her brother had passed. And so I'd had her brother come to me to, to basically say, talk to her, she needs some help. I didn't know anything about how he'd passed or anything. Um, we caught up for coffee 
and I shared the experiences that I'd had leading up to that. He had some depression, some anxiety, some uh, separation with a, with a partner and a child custody issue. And there was a car involved and it was driving at high speed. On my way to meet the friend, I realized that I was actually driving really quickly. And I had to consciously stop myself and go, ah, okay, hang on. This must be relevant for what's going on. And so I passed that information on to my, my friend and she'd, she'd shared with me that he basically drove his car into a tree. And so that was a significant part of the evidence and the information that spirit was giving me. Mm. So um, that's probably a more, more traumatic one. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's been experiences with, um, I had a beautiful lady come to a group reading where I brought through her dad and he put an object in my hand and I explained this object to her. It was a, a pewter silver jewelry box. And I'd said to her, I, it's got patterns on it. It's very intricate. And I'm seeing and hearing the words, it's a gift. And she said to me, no, it wasn't a gift. And I said, okay. And I went back to her dad and I'm saying, she's saying it's not a gift come on give me a bit more here and um he put his hands on his hips and he went nope tell her it's a gift and I just went okay so I did exactly what he shared with me and she just laughed she said well it wasn't a gift but I'll take that and I said okay I'll leave it with you she went home and the next day she emailed me and she said you'll not believe it I looked at the jewelry box and on top was the words it's a gift. Response. And I, yeah. So sometimes we get information through that the person can't confirm while we're sitting with them and we just have to trust what we're getting and trust that the, the loved one knows exactly what they're talking about. So there's a couple of different examples. <laughs> you know, when you're talking, it, it makes me feel... I've been very fortunate that not a lot of people that I know have passed on. Okay. Um, and so I've known people that have passed on, obviously, but not very close people. And when these things happen, it's so sad and traumatic and terrifying and, you know, all those emotions. And yet when you hear these stories come through people like you, there's this element of, disbelief and mm. hope and mm. almost a blessing in a way uh, it's yeah. it's so and you know sometimes I find that I want to you know when someone loses somebody I want to scream to the rafters and say there's opportunities for you to seek help to, to heal this but not everyone's open to it and I mean how do you even explain this sort of stuff to people we're like, but how is this even possible? You know, it's not, it's too good to be true is really the thing that comes yeah. to mind. Or do you even bother? There's two things. 
So my background in criminology means that I'm very conscious of having to bring through evidence that is beyond reasonable doubt. Yeah. That no one would know unless you were connecting and communicating with that particular loved one. Um, you know, and, and so that's the first thing I would say. Second thing I would say is that we, if, we are, if we have beliefs around God or religion or whatever, we believe in an entity, a being, whatever you want to call them, whether it's God, Buddha, Muhammad, um, whoever, that exists without us being able to see it. So that's a belief in something that's a higher power. Mm-hmm. And our loved ones, when they leave this earth, they go somewhere, or most of us believe that. And so I often explain it like they've just gone to another city, another town, another location. So we're using our intuition, our our abilities to communicate with them in a different way and allow for someone to experience that communication and that connection with their loved one again. And the person that's left behind in the physical needs to be emotionally ready for that because every medium is dealing at some level with someone in grief and loss. Yeah. So from a psychological perspective, our role is to hold this beautiful sacred space for their grief and their loss and their love for someone who's passed over. And that is a blessing. That is a gift that, you know, I've lost quite a lot of loved ones through my life. Um, And it was perfect because it prepared me for the work I do. Yeah. And so I understand what that grief and loss feels like, what that process is. And, you know, my grandmother didn't come through for 10 years for me because I wasn't emotionally ready to hear from her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we have to trust that we'll be guided to that type of support and help if we're open to it. Yeah. And that our loved ones know when the right time is. Right. And so if you go for a reading and one particular loved one that you want to hear from doesn't come through, it doesn't mean that they're not there. It just means they weren't who you needed to hear from Mm -hmm. at that moment. Sometimes you don't get what you want, you get what you need. Exactly. (laughs) Or that they were the best person to deliver the the message you needed to hear, right? Yeah. (laughs) So you were talking earlier that you have students. I mean, how did you learn how to, you know, develop your code and to put all of this into practice? And how did you get so good at it that you decided to teach it to others? Ah, Two parts to that. I, I guess my real life experience with being in a university teaching environment, it's part of who I am. It's part of what I love and what I'm passionate about is sharing that knowledge and wisdom. And 
spirit taught me from a young age how to connect and communicate with them. It was more about me connecting in with me and learning about how I work because your intuition will work differently to mine. And having some really amazing mentors along the way that guided me and pushed me to um, stretch and grow and learn. Um, you know, my, I do see spirit, but, you know, it's not my strongest sense in terms of getting information visually. So right. spirit drew me to a mentor that was really good at visual and I had to develop that. Right. So it's just learning, practicing, doing readings. Every reading I learn something. Yeah. Practicing from is spirit. Key. Yeah. Yeah. So you talked earlier about, you know, being a channel as well and being able to talk to angels and spirit guides and spirit. Can anybody do that? If someone's listening at home and they're thinking that, you know, this is something that they want to get started to, do they have access to be able to talk to angels or ask for help or get support from spirit guides? Do we all have one? Yes. So we all have, um, and I, I call them team A and team B, right? <laughs> so we all have some, I guess people would know them as guardian angels they can be spirit guides it's whatever term you want to give them we get given particular guides that are with us for our lifetime that are here to journey with us and to support us with our growth and our learning personally and spiritually and we have access to them just through our intuition so We've got two ways that we can channel or bring through information. It's from our own soul, our own intuition, and our own knowing. So we can connect to that, which is often referred to as our higher self or our soul. Mm -hmm. Or we can go to angels, guides, and call them forward and channel information through there. And that information can be presented externally through things like feathers and coins and music and all of those beautiful things that we often get. And I have a, a loved one in spirit who often gives me a particular song to know he's around. Um, and I'll just go, oh, yep, okay, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, there's another one that will bring through butterflies for me and I know particularly which loved one that is. And there's also guidance that comes through our internal senses, which is that vision, the sound, the taste, the smell, the feel that we connect into and learn more about. So we might just get a thought drop in right. about a loved one and so that's our internal messages or our internal way of connecting mm -hmm. or sometimes you might go oh that's I've got the best idea okay maybe <laughs> I'm exactly. sure you do <laughs> or even if you if you um, turn around and look behind you and feel like there's someone that walked past and there wasn't 
that could be spirit presenting themselves and you felt them when you saw them out of the corner of your eye right. or if you've ever had um, a feeling like someone called your name and there was no one there that's often spirit calling your name to get your attention mm. I think what you've said earlier you know is basically the big theme which is to trust what you're getting I think it's so easy to oh yeah I heard someone call my name but it was just in my head, you know, but it is, but I'm making light of it, but it's true. People would second guess that they would go, Oh, yeah. I thought I saw someone beside me, but it was clearly a shadow from the light from this lamp. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. Sometimes it is. Yeah. And yeah. You know, sometimes the feather that you see on the ground or the coin you see on the ground is just exactly that. Yeah everything is a message from spirit so it's about learning to tune into that intuition and that feel if it feels like it was a particular loved one or a message for you then it generally is mm. so tune into that yeah but when you you have that logical brain as well yeah is when you drop between the intuition and the head or the logic and you question and you overthink and you analyze it. Was that that? Um, and that's okay. That's part of the journey and part of learning how yeah. to connect and how to communicate. And everyone goes through it. Yeah. I don't think I do that enough because if I just feel something's true, I just go with it. And I guess I would rather figure it out later that it wasn't right as opposed to second guess how I feel in my in the core of my soul um, that leads me to my next question which is about discernment so I find that um, you know obviously when you talk to people who aren't in this in the same you know mind of thinking when they when they hear about channels or psychics or mediums for some people they get defensive and it's not mm. something that they're open to and there are some people that give themselves those titles when they're not the real deal. So do you have any advice on how people can discern between what is true and, and what is not who a legit, you know, channel and medium is versus somebody who's just really good at reading body language and learning how to egg someone on or taking advantage of someone in grieving time? <sighs> That's a very big question. Yeah. So I would come back to first and foremost that that sense of knowing you is, is form out because if you don't know in your body and I would say it's in your body that you know if something feels right or if it doesn't. Yeah. Tune into your body. It will tell you. That's your soul talking to you. And if you're, my guides will often, and, and look, that was me. I used to question things and be sceptical. And I think um, a healthy sense of scepticism is great mm -hmm. because a medium's job is to give you evidence. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between a healthy sceptic and someone that you will never, ever change their mind, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So um, discernment is coming back and really asking yourself, how does that feel in my body? Does that feel true for me? And 
two things that I would suggest people listen for or feel for is anxiety and confusion. They are the two red flags that you will be given if something is off. Mm. Okay? So if you get that sense of, oh, I'm not sure about this person and you're going back and forwards about it, that's your intuition talking to you going, you're not sure because it's a no. Right. Yeah. Normally if you have to ask five people what you should do or is this right, it's not. Do you think a lot of people are still learning to listen to? Because when you talk about, you know, your inner knowing and stuff, you're really talking about your intuition. Yeah. So So one of of the ways I teach people to connect to that is hmm. think about a set of traffic lights, okay? You have the red light, the yellow light, and the green light. The red light is that it's too hard, it's really difficult, I'm struggling, I'm not sure, it's, um, you know, blocked, I feel stuck, or anger, frustration, whatever that might be. That's a red light, that's a stop, that's a not aligned with you, not the path you need to take, not the right opportunity, not the right relationship, not whatever, stop. Yeah. The green light is where it's easy, it flows, it's loving, it's joyful, it's peaceful, it's easy, right? What happens is, whether it's around, you know, relationships, work, finances, whatever area, we're usually in that green zone and we get a choice point, right? Where we have two options or more than two options and we need to make a decision. What happens is we don't pause at the yellow light and check in with ourselves and ask the question, is this a red or a green for me? Right. Is this hard or is this easy? Yeah. It might be not the right time, not the right choice. Pause, wait, be patient, collect more information But what happens is we're so busy, we're so rushed that we go straight through that yellow light into the red zone. We (laughs) sit in it, we get frustrated, annoyed, and it's all hard. And then we go, what happened? Right? (laughs) So it's in that yellow zone where we we connect with our intuition and our inner knowing. Mm -hmm. So play with the red light, yellow light green light thing that's a and great work idea. out yeah mm-hmm. and you'll learn what your red lights are mm-hmm. and that comes back to boundaries as well yeah I love that and I think that's something that anybody you know listening at home can start to implement in their everyday and I, I, one thing I also heard and I try to live by this as well is what what decision makes me feel lighter You know, uh, when you talk about pausing, waiting, being patient and collecting more information, sometimes, at least for me, it's about thinking, okay, what decision makes me feel lighter? And that sometimes can help me to figure out which way to go. Yeah. 
yeah and that would be definitely in your green zone that lightness because joy happiness peace is light the rest of it's really heavy and hard right Yeah. yeah So, and sometimes if we're not fully tuned into that intuition or trusting it, it can be just about going, you know what, I'm going to learn this and the way I'm going to do that is take the pause, take the stop, ask myself that question, what feels light, what feels joyful, what feels like the right decision for me. Yeah. Do you have a tip or trick that people at home can learn to practice their intuition, to remind themselves to take that pause, but then also to be clear on what they're feeling? Because a lot of people are still governed by their mind. They're still so lost in the logical side of things that that listening to their insider and their intuition is not even in the realm of possibility. Yeah. How can they get started? Um, my number one tip is breathe. <laughs> yeah, because we we are in that headspace, that doing that action mode. Yeah. We need to just pause and stop and breathe. So one of my tips would be first thing in the morning, allow yourself five, 10 minutes or more, whatever it is you need to just breathe. Yeah. And it might be about acknowledging, and I think this is what we often get taught is not to feel some of those more challenging emotions, um, to just connect with your feel and ask yourself, how do I feel today? And it might be confused and then throw on an affirmation that says, I feel confused and that's okay. Yeah. Don't judge it. Just allow it to be. And what that does is move it through your body because you're accepting the confusion and going, okay, come here, confusion. Let me love you a bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then what comes from that is clarity. So breathe, acknowledge what you feel, and then ask, what do I need today? Yeah. How often do we ask ourselves first what we need? Not very often. And then I think that even if we do ask what we need, we don't always listen to it. You know, I need a piece of dark chocolate. I just need that. Okay, I need to watch Netflix. I need a bath. I need a break. I need to a nap. You know, those are all okay to nourish yourself yeah. and to yeah, yeah. We have to you know fill our own cups up first because you can't hear what you need. You can't hear your intuition if you're focused on the external world or someone else's needs that have to get met or doing and and look we need to do that as well mm-hmm. it's about balancing the two and giving to yourself first yeah and going what do i need today and you know i've had a very busy few weeks and so this morning i actually gave myself permission to stop and to do nothing 
and to just be and being is an action rest is an action yeah i find i sometimes you know feel guilty about resting Uh, i'm getting better at it that's for sure Um, and you know thankfully i my partner he's always saying just take the afternoon off or you know which sometimes you need that encouragement like okay i'm gonna do it (laughs) but um yeah it's you know we have enough time and and it's often about why do we need someone else's permission to do that aren't you worthy and valuable and loved and and you know supported can't you give that to yourself and give yourself permission to have that yes the more you do that, and that's where the manifesting side comes in, right? The more we, the more we give to ourselves and are willing to do that for ourselves, the more we attract back in. Yes, because what you give, you then receive. Yeah. Now, I know we only have a couple minutes left. Believe it or not, an hour has gone by. It just blows my mind how <laughs> this always happens, run out of time. Um, for those who were listening today and they were thinking, you know, on the topic of manifestation, I would love to maybe manifest or attract a sign from maybe my loved one or even just from the angels. I know we talked about um, coins and feathers and butterflies and fabulous things like that. Do you have some kind of maybe intention that you use that our listener could also maybe try out to kind of attract that sort of sign to them I would again say come back to your breath just sit down as if you were sitting with your loved one and having a conversation and just ask and I think that's the the part that most people forget it's ask (laughs) if we don't if we don't ask we don't receive right so It's almost like I set an intention, which is a direct, um, purposeful request for something to happen. And then I step out of the way. I ask once. I don't nag. (laughs) I step out of the way and I allow them to bring that in. Yeah. So you don't ask and then you don't tell them how you want it and when and not. No. (laughs) I'm not asking for me. I'm asking for a friend. So So it's funny. It's like you go to a restaurant and you put in an order for your meal. Are you going to go back and stand next to the chef and help them cook it and tell them they're doing it right or not right and that you want it this way? Or are you just going to order it and sit there and enjoy the company that you have around you, you know, connect with others and just allow the chef to do his job? Yeah. And trust that it will arrive in the best way that will work for you or that you're open to receiving. Yeah. It might come through another person. It might come through one of those physical signs or a song or whatever it might be or a post on Facebook even, Mm -hmm. you know? I remember um, I was talking to my mom a while ago and, you know, she hadn't heard from her mom 
who's passed over and in, you know, I don't know if ever, but in definitely in a long time. And I said, well, when's, what's something that, you know, makes you think of her? And she goes, country music. I said, okay, well, put it out there that you want a country music song to, you know, find its way to you. Anyway, fast forward a couple of days, she sent me a text message and she said, I got my sign. Now it wasn't a country music song, but it was my grandma's name in her words with friends board. And I thought, that would have been more of the way that my grandma would have communicated because she was all about words and books and my mother is the same. Yeah. So yeah, I think sometimes just putting it out there saying, maybe this is how I kind of want it, but also being prepared to just yeah. accept it in the way it comes. Yeah. And I think it's also about being able to discern what is a sign and what is just something that you would normally see. Yeah. And so if we request something in particular that we see quite often, it won't have the same impact yeah. that it does if it's something different that you go, oh, wow, okay, now I know that was you. Yeah, goosebumps for yeah. me, that sometimes tells me. Does it tell you too? It does. Yeah. I love it that. does. Yeah, and I love talking to you. You're such a beautiful woman. Thank you for the time. Um, if our listeners want to get a hold of you, I know that they can go to your website at the Barefoot Medium. I'm going to put the links in the show notes and all that stuff here too. Do you do online readings for people if that's something that they want? I do. So I do all of my readings for probably the last four or five years. So I'm very fully plan uh, prepared for this time. Yeah. Um, so I do online video readings through um, Zoom and also phone readings. So I can connect to people all over the world and um, through the vastness of the internet and the gift that we have of connection. Yes. And Leanne also has a YouTube channel and a podcast and she sells awesome stuff on her website, um, new age spiritual tools and products like smudge sticks and crystals and singing bowls and all these fabulous things too. So I'll put all the links to all that for our listeners in the show notes, because who doesn't want a good smudge stick? I know, right? I've got one right here. <laughs> It's wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so much, Leanne. I would love to have you back on the show at some time. If you would be keen, maybe we could talk about twin flames and relationships and stuff like that, which I know some of our listeners would be dying to hear. Yeah, so. I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. It's right. been a pleasure. Thank you. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review where you get your podcasts and be sure to share it with your friends. Thanks.